0: I love how I get these opportunities to be on assignment on location. That's what I do. I have this this fun opportunity to be able to do this anywhere I can in the city. And right now, I know a lot of you are making your plans to come to New York City. And you're making sure that you are doing your shopping, you're doing your theater runs, you're doing... Anything that you can, it's like that last-minute vacation before you have to deal with the family. And one of the things that I love to do is that because you guys are are wherever you are in the country, I love to offer you guys opportunities during the holidays because I am one of those people who loves the theater. My next guest that's going to be on is a theater lover as well. And, you know, when people buy you gifts for the holidays and for your birthdays and all of those things, it would really be nice to be something that you like. (laughs) Right, Susan? Is it? it, You know, and again, this is going to be great because this is going to be kicking off what I would hope is going to become a tradition here on The Curtain Call. That during this time, for those people that are sitting at your computers listening to this, you have your iPhones or whatever it is that you're listening to, the devices, you're able to shop while you're online. I'm going to tell you now because I'm very lucky because for the theater lovers in your life, if that includes you as well, I found a fabulous, fabulous gift. I have, there's going to be several of them, but this is one of my new favorite ones. And for those of you who are fans of the spoken word, because again, a lot of you like I understand that, you know, what you see on the stage is a true collaboration of so many people. That's the costumers, the musicians, the actors, the lighting people. But you know, the funny thing is, is that no matter what those people do what talents those people can bring if there are not words on the page there is no show <laughs> That's right. so again because a lot of times we see the actors but we never see the playwrights and my next guest Susan Johan is here with me she has over the course of her career as a photographer as well as an actor has put together this fantastic coffee table book I'm telling you kids, it's called The Focus on Playwrights. It's a series of portraits and interviews by Susan Johan, and she, in the last 25, 30 years or so, you know, we don't, you know, 25. 25, You know, she still looks 12. (laughs) (laughs) She has taken the time and has had the opportunity, as I was telling her earlier off mic, that, you know, being in a place like New York City, you see and meet so many great places and people, um, you have put together this collection, Susan. Welcome. First of all, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be in New York. I love being
0: here. Yeah. And it's like and the weather is kind of like this is what we expect in November, December.
1: It's ex- it's perfect. I love it. I've just got one little extra jacket and and put a hat on that says New York and I'm I buy it on the street. I love those. I love those guys. They're my favorites.
0: We were talking earlier, Susan was a former New Yorker now. She's she's expat now, I like to say. Ah, that's
1: like, practically. <laughs> no, I was born in New York, and I am still a New Yorker. <laughs> I'm right. still a New Yorker.
0: But this is amazing. So this wonderful collection Susan has put together called Focus on Playwrights, you have, in the last 25, 30 years or so, managed to take... Wonderful, wonderful candid photography moments, these candid moments like just opening the book to Wendy Wasserstein of some of America's most celebrated playwrights. Absolutely. First of all, how does one just get that inspiration and assignment? Well,
1: the, <laughs> yeah, the inspiration came from uh, being assigned to do a picture of Christopher Durang and one of his plays. And I read the plays, and I started laughing, and I thought, oh, this guy's got to be a riot. You know, this is the next uh, Robin Williams. Well, uh, no. no, he's a very quiet, buttoned-down, Yale-come-Harvard mm-hmm. person, and a delight, but very quiet and, and soft-spoken. And out of that comes these zingers and this, um, uh, these, these crazy things. Uh, for instance, one of the uh, reviewers said he was a, a Harvard... Choir boy or something—that's what he looks like. <laughs> Very, and of course he's written these crazy plays. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, so that when I—I I, I thought, well, now this is interesting. I've been doing people where I have the portraits have to um, sort of be glamorous. We're talking—I did, did at the beginning of my ph- photographic career. You, you gravitate toward the people you know, and they were actors. Mm-hmm. And now I had a chance to take pictures the way I wanted to take them and then you know I began to pursue I would say t- to Chris who should I who should I do next mm-hmm. and and I said who do you know and he said well what about Wendy and I said Wendy Wasserstein oh sure and she had just won the Pulitzer so then Wendy said call Terrence and Terrence said call Edward and you know and then I asked Edward now who should I do I mean you know <laughs> and Edward Albee said well you want to get the old guys because they won't be around for long that was a good idea right <laughs> That's a great idea. And he was 65 at the time and had not written Three Tall Women. It was before the Three Tall Women wow. explosion. Um, and a lot of people had written him off. And I just knew that he was not to be written off. Uh, you know, even if he had only written Virginia Woolf or Zoo Story, we should be paying attention. And then, of course, he won another Pulitzer and three or four Tonys and the uh, presidential awards and all of that. Um, and then Edward, as I said, steered me to the old guys. And so I went after people like Garson Canaan and Sidney Kingsley and um, who else is old at that point in time? Was Arthur And Arthur I got in the, in the 90s, because this was like 89 when I, did, when I did Albie, And Arthur I went after, and I got a couple of little letters, and uh, notes back from him, and, and he said, Thank you so much, I have enough pictures of myself. <laughs> Yeah, but not mine. Exactly. So he's on the cover of the book. And um, as a matter of fact, uh, he made an appointment with me because I was doing the plays for the Signature Theater. And I had done all their brochures, all the pictures that were on the brochures, Romulus, Linny and mm-hmm. all these people. And um, so Edward, you know... Uh, as part of that and the fact that I had Edward gave it all some heft and Wendy and all these people I mean they've all grown over the years mm-hmm. but but Arthur I called up and I called his home in Connecticut and this lovely lady, lady answered I didn't know who it was and I said may I speak to Arthur Miller this is Susan Johan calling and he she said can I tell him what it's about and I, I'm i said well i'm i'm a photographer and i'm doing the brochure for signature theater and she said oh he hates to have his picture taken (laughs) and then and i hear her step off you know and she goes arthur (laughs) and there he came to the phone and i said you know you said you'd do this for me and and jim houghton at signature has sent me to get the picture and well, I'm coming into New York and uh, you won't take a lot of pictures. You won't take a lot of equipment. You won't. And I said, no, no, no. One camera, one light, that's it. So I got there and, you know, the, finally, after many years of pursuing Arthur Miller, I had the picture. And he was delightful. He was really lovely in this very, very monkish, simple apartment. Right. And it's,
0: you know, it's so funny talking to Susan Johan about her book, Focus on Playwrights, Portraits and Interviews. And on the cover, this is just a very simple picture of Arthur Miller. Like, if you didn't know him, see somebody's grandfather when you're looking at him, right?
1: Right, right. And having a conversation. He's thinking. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, all of these people are thinkers. So you look for the moment that shows the thinker in all of them or the person who's delighted that life has turned out this way. And Arthur was one of those. I asked him about theater and what he'd liked, and he'd gone to the theater the day before, and oh, it was all right. I mean, you know, he was... <laughs> 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 well, he's
0: from the golden age. He so he's the like,
1: golden age. Yeah. Definitely, he was the golden age. We've all read *The Crucible*. Every, Every single, single high school kid has read. Yeah, sophomore year, you had to read this, *The Crucible. Crucible*. It
0: was oh. a great, great play. Oh, was, oh wow. So, you know, it's so funny. Susan Johan is with me here on the curtain call, and we're talking about her book, Focus on Playwrights. Which, as I'm talking to you right now, if you're sitting at your computer or you use, you've got your smartphone out, you need to go to Amazon, you need to go to Barnes and Nobles, you need to go to wherever you can and look up Susan Johan, that's S U S A N J O H A N N, Focus on Playwrights, and look for this book because this is a perfect. Like I said before, we're getting ready, we've got Hanukkah coming up, we've got Christmas coming up. You know, of course it's theater so there's gotta be a little Jewish energy going oh, yeah, on. Yeah, on, yeah,
1: yeah. Please, I hope. I, hope. I hope a lot of it. A lot of it. <laughs> lot I, of I it. think half the book is Jewish. Exactly. I mean, starting with Arthur. You um, know. yeah. And and the thing is too that you can sit down and mm-hmm. read the book. Right. There are all of the interviews are enough to, to take him one sitting right. and they're they're conversational and and I, I think I've some some interesting yeah. feedback. So
0: here's here's something I'd love to talk to you about. Now, when you're in this process of that you did, did you initially have a formatted style in your head about how you wanted this experience to be like it was going to be you knew right away that it was going to be one light, you know, camera off the top. You knew that it's going to the interview was going to come out of conversation. That was from the very beginning? From the very beginning,
1: from the wow. very beginning. And then I interviewed them, and when I interviewed them, I really thought, I want this book not to be just pictures, and I don't want it to be oversized to the point where we can't carry it around. Exactly. It's 10 by 10, mm-hmm. and and then I found a wonderful designer along the way, um, a book designer. And, you know, really thought Rogers. this whole thing out. I really did, so I'm happy. I'm really happy.
0: It looks great. It looks great. So now, I, this is going to be fun for me because what we're going to do is I'm going to just like randomly flip through okay. the book because I think that that, for me, this is your life basically yes, in this it, yes, book, right? Is. Yes, it this is, is. like it is this, this is a career in her life. So if I were to open this book and just point to one particular person, let's just say, we have Arthur Coppett, excuse me, Bryce and... Coppett. COVID, and yeah. um, John Pilmer. Right, John Pilmer. Pilmer. Right. So when you look at these pictures and you see these two people right mm-hmm. now, they're on page... Again, if you're going to get the book, go to page 118 and 119 because we might as well tell them where we yeah. are, right? That's where we are. When exactly. you look at those guys, yeah. what is it that you remember the most about those moments?
1: Well, I knew Arthur because uh, I knew him from nine and I had watched the the, the process uh, mm-hmm. putting that together, so I knew his thinking. And it, what's interesting in this... In, particular uh photograph is how intense he looks um he's a lovely tall handsome man Mm -hmm. um and he's very open and 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 friendly but in this picture he's very intense and of course he wrote very intense plays like you know the Mm -hmm. the oh dad poor dad they Mm -hmm. hung you in the closet and i'm feeling so bad (laughs) and then and then peelmeyer um he he was hot at that point for magnus of god and uh um, he's a very laid-back kind of easygoing guy with a big cable a sweater. Right. Uh, lots of detail. It's, it's and, very eighties, right? Yeah, very. It. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I think it was green, as I remember, sort of a uh, you know a mossy green. I remember I the, love that, uh, that.
0: Yeah. Oh. And again, as you go through this list, you're talking to all of these American playwrights. There's so many, and it's what I love that I you know someone actually asked me mm-hmm. before because um, they were flipping through the book, and they'd said to me, and it was like so." again, being a person of color. And I as soon as I said, I was having the thought and I flipped over to the page. I have a picture of Nilo Cruz here. Yeah. You have... Nilo
1: just won uh, for... What was it? Uh-oh. Oh, shit. I know. You know, I left my, my, my smartphone in the other my, Nilo on. Cruz, it was... He won the Pulitzer. Mm-hmm. F- Four. Oh dear, Nilo, I'm sorry. It's so. Bad. You know, what? but this is
0: what happens when we try to like be all spontaneous and groovy yeah, and right. find. It. Now we're both looking at our <laughs> smartphones. Oh, I don't have to do that. I can go to the back of the. Book. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It was Anna in the Tropics when the Pulitzer. That's right? Okay. And then Beauty of the Father, Night Train to Bellina, Lorca in a Green Dress, Hortensia in the Museum of Dreams. Very, very, um, there's a, a Latin flavor, but there's also that f- uh, fabulous kind of, um, you know, magical realism thing. Oh, wait, And
0: that was the Anna in Tropics. That was the one with Daphne Rubin Vega. Yes yes, yes. yes. I love it. Right. So isn't this wonderful? It's like you have managed to capture... August Wilson. That was somebody oh, else. August, Tell me about August, August Wilson.
1: August, first of all, you know, August, one of the things that I like about my the two pictures that are in the book, August is, can look fierce. Mm-hmm. I mean fierce. Yeah. And then the next minute, mm-hmm. once he starts talking, that all goes away. And he, you get the poet that is inside of August. But he had a will to power. And he, in the interview, he talks about, you know, as a teenager, mm-hmm. um, being asked to do a biograph- biography for a history class or for a writing class, and he picked um, he, he picked Napoleon, Napoleon yeah. right, because of his will to power. Well, August had that will to power. He just decided he was going to be the premier African-American playwright, and he went after it like a fierce thing. Mm-hmm. But the plays themselves are very, you know, he was a poet too. Right. Um, Lawrence Fishburne called him our playwright poet, our warrior poet, that's warrior what he called poet. yeah, warrior poet, wow. and uh, at one point, oh, he, he was one of the few people came in a, in a suit uh-huh. and oh, I, really, for I, the oh, picture oh, yes, for the picture he did. He, most people come, you know, dressed like for rehearsal or something, right? no, 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 August came in a three-piece suit with a tie, and um, he smokes like a bandit, or he did mm-hmm. Wasn't good for him. Ay. Yi, yi. But <laughs> but anyway, I love Cigarettes in pictures because right. of the smoke and all of that, and you see that in the oh, book.
0: Okay, okay. So, all right. See, it's so funny that you say that because the same person that I was talking to earlier about this book, uh-huh. when they were flipping, they're like, "There's a lot of people with cigarettes." And I said to her, "I said, well, you know, it was the '80s and '90s when you were taking the it pictures." Was. That was
1: the It was, and also it's beautiful. Unfound. Oh, it's Unfound. beautiful because and the particular film I used mm-hmm. picked these kinds of things up. So you see the smoke curling around. Nikki Silver has a cigarette. Oh, um, so and, uh, and right there, um, Lamford Wilson. Uh, so they, they did, and I let them, and I, they would ask me. But I asked, I asked August if he wanted to keep smoking, and he said, no, 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 no. No, 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 not for the picture, right? Because he thought of himself as somebody that the young people looked up to, and he did not want to give that bad example.
0: That's, that's like you know people that don't like to be photographed because I've become that I don't like to be photographed holding alcohol in my hand. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. You know,
1: that's a good idea. I mean, yeah. Granted,
0: I may be drunk in the picture,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you're not gonna let it.
0: No one exactly. They're not gonna have that piece of physical evidence. Yeah, it's Like yeah, you have to be in the room to know what's happening. Wow. So a lot of people they didn't come to this to to the sessions. They didn't come with a lot of. Of pretension, they just came oh, no. to be photographed, right?
1: Yeah, and and they would ask me what to wear, and I would say, well, wear what you wish. But I said the the thing is, you come. A lot of people are coming just like they would go to rehearsal, mm-hmm. and that's the way I like it because that's when they're very alive, and we can talk about their plays and you know feel very.
0: Now, did you find during the the sessions where you you were photographing and and having your conversations at the same time, so mm-hmm. that you were just looking for candid? Great move! Like I'm looking at this picture of like Anna, Anna DeVere Smith. Smith. She's cla- her look is so classic for that. Always there's a thinking moment, or she's a just about to say something. And every time I've seen a picture of her, they capture it. I'm looking at this. We're, I dying to know what you were talking to her about in this picture.
1: Well, I was very involved in um, some activism, some environmental activism here in the city at the time, and so we started talking about that because. She's very much an activist, yes. but she does it all on the stage. So if you're seeing Twilight or or Fires in the Mirror, you're seeing, you know, right, the right. things she's concerned about, and she talked to all the real people, and that she was giving the stories in a, in the way that she does best, mm-hmm. which is to make a play out of it, to make right. a story that that we can all that we can all connect to. That's what I think theater artists do and the playwrights as you said without the play we don't have we don't have it at all Mm -hmm. and we we can go back all the way to Sophocles Euripides you know even the medieval time the the everyman character or Shakespeare we remember those much better than a lot of the writing that happened at the time because people came in a group and then the play had to hit them and it had to hit them on a deep level that they would remember Right. You know, and the reason, of course, that all many many plays are family oriented mm-hmm. is uh, because that's what affects us all and connects us all. We go, oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that
0: uncle, cousin, mother, brother, sister, boom.
1: Yeah, you know, there we go. You know, yeah, and then.
0: Grandfather, we got it. You yeah, I mean? <laughs> it's all, no, but I mean, you know what I mean. Yes, it's of like course, it's of all in in someone's family. Right. There's one of those. Characters that right. will stand out enough right. to be able to create a whole drama right. now i 'm talking to Susan Johan here on the curtain call, and we 're going through her wonderful, wonderful, wonderful book um, we 're talking about the focus on playwrights with this piece this this wonderful collection, and this puts you now in a category of being a theater historian. How do you feel about yes. that?
1: no, I think that 's great i would i 'll keep doing it forever i 've got to keep. I got to keep them alive for the public because the public has to understand these are the seminal, seminal writers. Sometimes a, a book can sit on a shelf for years and years and years. And I, I'm, you know, a bibliophile. I have a thousand books at least at home. Um, but a play has to hit, and people have to come. And theater history has to be kept alive. some of these people were were fairly unknown when I took the mm-hmm. photograph. Well, yeah. you know um, Sarah rule had maybe one or two plays up th- and now she 's done a half a dozen and they 've been she's got a MacArthur grant and all that. Um, tony Kushner you know came well yeah. that was major, but he came between angels one and uh, and the next angels in America. Um, so I got him right fresh, but there were other people who were really, really fresh i don 't think that Uh, they had done much at all at the point in time and then some of them I just went after because I said they're not going to be here very long and I'll be really really sad if I don't have them as part of the series
0: well who do you you feel in terms of, of the series who do you regret not getting
1: Samuel Beckett he was alive when I really when I first started this. I but I I needed to get on a plane and go to Paris or or Zurich or wherever he was at the time. So Samuel Beckett, um, there was Dario Fo. I wanted to get more international people mm-hmm. that I didn't get. Um, oh Harold Pinter, I wanted. I know and I went after him and I had Mel Gusso was doing you know uh, stuff with him and. And, but he was just—I mean, people like that get really busy. They're—they're they're oh, doing the play. They're here the because, you know, they're somewhere writing, else, or they're yeah. somewhere else. Exactly. Wow.
0: Yeah. Now, on your list of who—who's—who's who's on on tap to be put into this little anthology of yours?
1: I—I um, I will just have to keep looking at at who's out there. Um, there are a few people. Yudis um, Kiara—is that her name? Um, uh, the from. She did a oh gosh, now I can't remember. She won the Pulitzer about three or four years ago. I didn't get her in time. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's what happens sometimes because I'm here and or they're here. I mean it took me it took me ten years to get Tom Stoppard because he was here doing a play mm-hmm. and then um oh Frank Rich hated the play. And, and he wrote me this note, and he mailed it at the airport, and he said, I'm sorry, because he was supposed to come for a session. To, I, my studio was right near where we are right now. It was down on Broadway in Soho. And he said, I'm not going to be at 594 Broadway, he said, because I'm on a plane. Um, Frank Rich drove me out of town. Wow. Ah! <laughs> So then when he finally did, when we finally did do a shoot, it was when uh, Coast of Utopia was happening. Okay. And I had, I had approached him so many times, and he said yes, and we did it on a Sunday morning. I mean, that's the thing, is that playwrights aren't, aren't um, you know, uh, they aren't, uh, people go, don't go after them all the time right. to get, you know, their picture
0: that's why I like to talk to them, because people don't even like to
1: talk to them. I know, I know. They don't even like to talk to them. And they're, they're so interesting, really. They're more interesting than the actors, I'll tell you. They have a whole hell of a lot of stuff up in that brain in order to come and give it...
0: To create an entire world. Exactly. It takes more energy and more thought process to create the world than it is for you to create the individual in the world.
1: That's right, that's right. You know? August Wilson used to go out, he said, and... and um, and just sit in coffee shops and bars and have a pencil and write. Um, because he, need, he needed to be in the world to bring it back. And then, you know, I mean, that's the thing is that I've, I've found out that their processes, some of them are very different and some of them are very alike. Uh, that was, you know,
0: I was going to ask you, like, what was a, a very common thing amongst the playwright? Because it, it is a special type of person yes. to be able to write a play well. <laughs> there's a lot of people who are writing plays not very well oh, yeah. but I mean to write a play well that resonates the way some of these folks in this book yeah. have done yeah. um what was something that was kind of similar about them do you remember
1: I think just their intention mm-hmm. and their willingness to be naked in front of the world because it's wow. you're looking at them on the stage you are right. looking at a part of them that's sometimes so deep and they would not admit to anybody except totally publicly right. and dress it up so that we don't know right. but if we you know if you really look for instance at edward albee's plays and Edward's being memorialized tomorrow at the august wilson theater isn't that interesting I don't know, right? and i got both them <laughs> <laughs> anyway so but they they um they are putting it out there, and you know things about them. Almost all of Edward Albee's plays have uh, something about a lost child, mm-hmm. because he was a lost child. I mean, he was an orphan, and he was adopted seven days after he was born by this wealthy family from Scarsdale, the Albee's um, his father and grandfather had a, a vaudeville theater. Um, all the vaudeville theaters around the country were Albi. and so he came from vaudeville. Except that, of course, he wasn't vaudeville. And he lo- it took him, you know, 60 years of his life to find out wh- what his real background was, his who his birth mother was, and apparently he was part Cherokee and part something else. And um, you see that in the the sort of darkness of his. Uh, the skin a little yeah. bit in the black the hair, um, but uh, but he was an orphan and he didn't have a family and he didn't like the people he was I'm not I'm not telling tales because he said it mm-hmm. he didn't like the people he didn't like these people he was growing up with wow. and kept cutting school and kept running you know from here to there and they didn't his mother didn't like him very much Practi- they just owned him at one point when he came to the village um, wow. as a he dropped out of Trinity mm-hmm. and you know moved to Greenwich Village they disowned him completely he made his money um giving uh or uh, 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 taking telegrams for Western Union he worked for Western wow. Union sometimes he'd read the telegram and if he knew it was terrible news but the person didn't have any money he would let them read it and then he'd take it back and say it was undeliverable <laughs> he always had this soft spot for for things and people and and orphans Himself, wow. so, so that's why there's that you know the, there's the there's a play about the baby, mm-hmm. there's Virginia Wolf, of oh. course, there's a talk about um, a missing baby, in in a number of plays, mm-hmm. I think delicate balance as well, and he loved animals. Oh my God, one of my favorite moments the last time I was with Edward, I came to show him the um, the book. And the layout for the book, because we we didn't have it printed at that point, and he was going to write the intro. Then he got ill, I'm sorry to say, really ill. But um, I took him the the printout from, we sat there on his couch and looked all through this. And um, he, as he was seeing me out, the cat came in, and the cat jumped up on the pl- on the on the couch, and he sat there stroking. And then he went to walk out, and the cat followed him and stood there. Now Edward lived in this big loft down on on uh, on what was it Harrison Street? Harrison Street, yes, in Tribeca. And this cat just came up and curled himself around Edward's legs, and my he was very 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 frail at the end. Mm-hmm. And he'd always been so robust, so robust. I mean, this is somebody who would, you know, work out at the gym and Mm -hmm. and he walked all over New York. I would see Edward on the the Crosstown bus and we'd talk about politics and I'd say, where are you getting your news from? And he said, The Daily Show. (laughs) (laughs) He said, it's the only news I watch. It's the only news I watch. That's good, Edward. You're good. Wow. Yeah, he's cool. Wow. But p- the last memory of my physical with him was him bending down to pet the cat. He just loved animals. It was so sweet. Wow. Yeah, just, wow. Yeah.
0: Gosh, Susan. Yeah. We could do this all day. I know.
1: We could talk about any one of them you want to hear. Wow. <laughs> Well, wow. well, I'll come back. Have, yes.
0: So, Okay. So, Susan Johan, first of all, you heard her. She just promised to come back and talk to me again about her fabulous, 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 fabulous book, Focus on Playwrights, Interviews... Wait. Make sure I get the Portrait subtitle. Portraits and Interviews. Um, which is now available everywhere that you can get your books. Barnes & Nobles, um, Amazon, uh, 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 where else do people get books anymore? That's usually where I go, Barnes & Nobles and Amazon.
1: Barnes & Noble, Amazon, um, yeah, the the Strand, uh, the Signature Theater has a nice bookstore, Mm -hmm. the Drama Bookshop, and um, you can order it from some of your small booksellers. I mean, the thing is, the independent booksellers are going to be our lifeline to everything eventually, because If we want to see the book, mm-hmm. we don't want to just look at it online because it feels beautiful. It's gorgeous, you know. It's it, gorgeous, it, gorgeous, yeah.
0: gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous,
1: the, the gorgeous. they did a beautiful job with the quality of of the printing, and I'm I'm happy as could be because I, you know, you get nervous as an author, you don't know, but they did a top-flight job. It's the University of South Carolina, and um, and you get to you get to visit. By the time you finish reading the interview mm-hmm. with Edward. Um, then you uh, you feel like you spent a little time with him, and I, was all, I would just always felt so privileged to sit down with these people and talk to them and you know I, I would have done an interview for every single one, and maybe we'll just have to add that later on. we'll right. do open this up even more, yeah. but uh, you know as you're going along, you just do what you can that's, that's it, yeah.
0: Oh. Oh. Well, Susan, thank you so much for hanging with me. Happy holidays to you. Yeah. And again, Susan Johan, if you want to get her book... Oh, excuse me, it's, uh, Focus on Playwrights. It's available everywhere that you can get your books. Go to the independent booksellers if you're doing things online. Um, and again, it's, it is a nice piece of history. It is I'm going to be talking to a lot of people that have been doing interesting things preserving the history of theater and this is fantastic. So now the question is when is the next round of books coming cuz you have to you're going to have to find a whole new crop of playwrights composers. aren't you Composers no composers
1: yes i did i just did uh, Mark Shaman and and Scott like and yes and we did, knowing that this hairspray thing is coming up mm-hmm. now to what Wednesday, Wednesday they're doing seven hairspray seven. that's yeah. right so I'll give them a plug. Um I've known Mark since he was a 19-year-old um play, you know, he played for uh, auditions liberal? for me. Oh no, I I did auditions with Mark, yes, wow. years ago. Years and years ago. Wow. And um and then I have a bunch of uh of of serious play uh serious composers, people like Adam Gettle. Mm-hmm. Um Who else? Uh, Charles Wurrenen, who won the Pulitzer for uh, his His orchestral works and some opera and there i 've done about twenty a lot i 've done a fair number candor mm-hmm. and Ebb I did years ago. I know I love candor and Ebb and you know you 've been in the theater a while you get to know people and and mm-hmm. then in music because I was an opera singer oh so. well
0: you have to get the Lopez's you got to get yes. Lin-Manuel oh, you got yeah. sure. to get you got to get a Pas and Paul the they just did that Dare Evan Hansen that just opened the other day <gasps> is it good it's good. Oh, good it's good but they are so they are fascinating young individually wow. As, as young uh, composers, there's are right. such interesting energies that it's so great to see a brand new musical. Before What's
1: we go. Jean Tesori. Jean, I've done. Adam Gettle, uh, you know, uh, the, just just I'd have to get out my list. You know?
0: <laughs> so again, so that means that that's something that's for us to look for. <gasps> Ooh, maybe sometime in the spring will that oh be ready?
1: Gosh, that fast? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got 10. i got that's 10 it. or 12 at this point, so... You know, if I'm going to bring it up to this level, but maybe I don't do so many, and I do more interviews. That could be.
0: That know. could be the plan. All right. Plan. Well, Susan Johan, thank you so much. Happy holidays to you too.
1: Thank you. Have a beautiful this holiday. Be great. This is it. This is the best. This I love. Is fantastic. It. Oh,
0: I love. The, I love it when there's, that I get to have these fun kind of connections with people because again, this is something for a theater lover man. And then, of course, when you come back, we have to talk about Terrence McNally, who I also have a big crush on. Love, 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 love love him. So, again, that's Susan Johan, J-O-H-A-N-N. Look her up online. Focus on playwrights, portraits, and interviews. Wherever you get your books, get them, get them, get them. You got a couple of weeks before Uh, Hanukkah and for Christmas and
1: then there's Valentine's if you miss it for one of these don't forget Valentine's Day (laughs)
0: see I love it For, for the lovers of theater I love it Susan thank you so much this was great and we'll be back